When the choice seems to be to tear down the church or build a wall around it, we aim to walk the narrow road of nuance through the wilderness between the warring factions and try to figure out what it means to love God and people well. Hey folks, welcome to part two of our conversation with Jason Truby, who you may know from playing guitar in Living Sacrifice and POD or from his solo work as a fingerstyle guitar player. But um, (laughs) as we've said about other conversations we've had before, we could not possibly fit everything into one episode. So here's your episode two. And I will not do much more pre-roll than that other than to say that Jason continued to be humble and insightful and to just have a lot of practical, wise things to say about making sense of the tension of walking as a believer in difficult spaces. Hope you'll enjoy it. Leaning into the the idea that as a creative person, regardless of the medium, that um, you know there's a there's a responsibility as a true believer, and and again I say that that's a personal statement. That's not I can't judge that for anyone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but as a true believer who who is you know the spirit's been reborn and we have this you know message of freedom that we want to put in what we create. Um, and then being able to still be disciplined in the excellence of that, and th- th- that's really important. And you hone your craft; it doesn't happen quick. And and removing the the need to compare to other people, um, which is a great mirror for our faith. Like some people will project their faith, and you see these great works, and you, and you see and you think, man, is there something wrong with me? And we mm-hmm. don't really know what the whole picture is. But we got to stop the comparison part of it and go, okay, well, what is my mission with the art that I'm creating or the book that I'm writing or whatever? Um, and am I obedient in the moment for what I'm supposed to do then? Then the results are really not my problem. Um, <laughs> That's a great way I'll, to put it. Except I, I, I want it to be good, but but it's not about my identity or, or even furthering my career. Hmm. And all those things are okay, but they should be secondary there's like a personal obedience in what we're supposed to do with what we have. That raises kind of an interesting question in my mind, because uh, the era that we were talking about, um, as far as when, when you were playing in POD and when we were interacting with, with POD, as far as listening and going to see them when you were a, a part of that, um, it seemed like I'm probably going to get these dates wrong, but it, it was kind of concurrent with the one, the explosion of the, kind of Christian art industry in general, music in particular is how we experienced it, in that um, mm-hmm. suddenly, in a way that there hadn't been before, there was all this infrastructure, there was an industry machine making quote-unquote Christian stuff. Now, we talked about that some <laughs> earlier, and that's a bit of a misnomer, but but also that uh, people of faith were achieving success outside of the Christian market also, right. and that that was kind of concurrent with the rise of like mega churches and well-known church brands. And then the whole worship music industry came after that. And it it seems as though what you just said is sort of runs counter to a lot of what passes for wisdom in some of those circles in the sense that like, it does become about building your church brand or building your, your worship bands brand or getting more listeners or, you know, creating more campuses for your church or whatever that that happened to be. So have you, given that that's your personal conviction, were there times when you were operating in those spaces where you kind of came up against those external expectations and had to make sense of them? Oh, yeah. 
You know, I'm, I want to choose my words carefully here. Um, so there is nothing wrong with success in, in either world. But defining success, in, in my opinion, like we said earlier, is was I obedient with that? And so, well, it only sold a thousand units or whatever. But, so that might be a, a, a business, not success. But was I obedient? And I'm thinking back to the living sacrifice days. Like we knew we were never going to get played on the radio. We didn't care. Like we, yeah. like we, we, we were on our mission. Um, but not in a holier than that way. But it's like we, we just were writing what we felt compelled to write. Um, but then at, at the larger level, you know, there's like there was these expectations with Atlantic Records, and you know, that's a huge company. Um, with a pretty massive Rolodex of artists that, that there's expectations you have to live to up as far as business is concerned. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah. And you look at the model of the, you know, the mega church, think about that term, by the way, like it's nauseating, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, 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 uh, that doesn't mean that success is like, like, you know, that the, the, the mustard seed verse where it's like this tiny thing and it's going to grow so big that, that even the birds hide in it, which I can't prove this, but I'm wondering if that meant even like dark things could hide in it. Say mm. it just mm. might, just a thought that not necessarily doctrine, by the way, but I'm just saying when I read that, it's like, I wonder why they were hiding birds were hiding, huh. but, but so it gets us to this big thing. And, you know, again, again, I want to hone in here. Like, the Jesus model, um, like remember when he broke the people down into groups of 50 and 100? Like, it's yeah. very specific. And then there was like organization in that. And the, the whole idea was the promotion of the gospel, not to build a huger synagogue, <laughs> right? Or, or, you know, because he knew he was going to make us the temple. Um, and and even though, it, like, think just thinking about that, it's like, I can't believe he would do that, knowing the way that I've thought or behaved or, or, um, but, but he did, he chose to do that. And then, you know, in the, in the industry of entertainment and even in film, by the way, the, the companies realize that, that the Christian dollar is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so you, you can't blame them for going after that. Right. Yeah. And then you yeah. can't blame music industries for going, Hey, there's an opportunity for us to build a business and, um, and so I think, I think it would be important to say this would, would, would kind of happen in any industry, like whether it's music media or, or anything else, um, that, okay, if you're going to put some kind of faith in it, then it's got, it's going to be held to a standard. Um, you know, and I can't tell, I, I, I don't know how to say, well, when do you know it's too big? Hmm. Um, and when do you know, like, Hey, we need to, because people get lost in it. And without getting deep into this, I think it's a problem with the actual model that, that the church was built on. Like, and I'm not talking about being built on the rock. I'm, I'm talking about like the, the, the idea that, hey, there's a business model for, for a church. Um, and, you know, if, if their mission is, is, is what the Lord asks us to do, and it does grow and become big, um, and so, when, so it's who am I to tear that down? Yeah. And I've seen some of the bigger ones, by the way, that that really did 
seem to have integrity. Like Billy Graham, they, they reached out to us a bunch to play an event for them. And we turned them down, by the way. Hmm. Uh, and they even said, well, there's some Christian artists that pay to get on it for exposure. And we're like, that's not where we're supposed to be. Hmm. But they yeah. really did run their thing, like as well as I've seen for something that, that was that large. Um, like, it seems like they were really trying to have integrity with it and keep mm -hmm. it, keep it. Um, and so I just think there should be like stages of accountability, um, as I'm sure that the original disciples had for each other. And, 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 and they know that it's not going to be perfect and it's made up of men and maybe rotating seats of authority that delegate where those funds go. And it's not simply like one guy's mission or just 12 people's mission. Like they represent that the people in the in that particular body but yeah it, it's um that's a mess like for me to kind of <laughs> unpack that really quick it's messy and yeah. i think putting all of that in context this is where i would end that that conversation then you can give me y'all's thoughts what has he put in your spirit to be connected to and what has he given you the red light and it doesn't mean that they're bad but if if, if i'm somewhere and i don't have the green light it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily rejecting these people, but it's not what I'm supposed to physically and be present and be available. Like I can't go play every event that I'm asked to play. Yeah. Um, and then the same token, I can't go down, you know, into the hood and set up my acoustic guitar and call it ministry and watch my family starve to death. So there's like, there is wisdom involved, but I think mm -hmm. that part of it comes in when it's like, Hey, this is what I want you to do. And if it's, if it's a large institution, then he's going to check my heart on a personal level. Is this just so so I can get a paycheck and, and, and be connected to a big name drop? And then if it's like a, a small upcoming, I'm not going to get an honorarium or whatever, you know, and then he's like, you need to go play this. I'm, I'm building this into something and I want you a part of it. Mm -hmm. Then I better do that. And that's, so I really think it's a personal individual thing because, you know, those kingdoms will rise and fall. Churches yeah. will rise and fall. Companies will rise and fall. Nations will mm -hmm. rise and fall. But when it's all said and done, I'm going to be the one that's asked what I did with what he told me to do. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's probably the best place to approach those bigger issues. Because me, I'm sure you, all three of us, could sit and talk about the things that really bother us, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, that probably. are exploited, and they slap a Jesus fish on it and make a whole lot of money. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, that's not my fire to put out, but it Something is my response. Sorry, my responsibility. If I'm not supposed to be connected to it, that I don't, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Something that Ryan and I have talked about a lot, and we kind of touched on it in the first part of the, of the conversation when we were talking about what Unbetween is about, but that there, there is kind of a, uh, there's a prevailing expectation that you dissociate from anything problematic, uh, kind of on both quote, sides of, sure. of the aisle, if I can put it that way. And life in Babylon is seldom so cut and dry if we want to, if we want to faithfully sure. image our, our Savior. And yeah. that he, like, we, we have to come to terms with the fact that he is going to ask us to go places that we don't want to go, that don't make any sense on paper, and we may never know why he. <laughs> I was talking yeah. uh, with my mom this morning about they they moved away to a different city at one point in in their lives, and uh, you know they, they spent two or three years there and then moved back to to where they had been before, and still are like, well, 
Don't really know what that was about. Felt like we were doing what God asked us to do, but we may never know what the yeah. point of it was. And, and so that it, it's not so easy as like, well, that's a mega church. It's evil. You should have nothing to do with it. Or right. that's a uh, huge, big record company. They're of the devil. You sh- you shouldn't yeah. be messing with that. And it, it really right. does come down to like, what is where is the spirit leading you and what does he want you to do while you're there? Ryan, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I think, man, there's a lot. Jason, I'm listening to you and my mind's going in like a bunch of different ways just because a lot of what what you mentioned there is stuff we've talked about on the podcast or yeah, Taylor and I had a conversation a couple hours ago and it was reminding me of stuff from that even. But but we we did maybe a couple episodes that we called Shepherds and Stages, I believe, and just yep. talked even about the accountability. And, and it's interesting because I kind of think of, of the mindset of, well, if I attain this certain level of success or can get to this certain point, think about what I'll be able to do for God. But but that's already starting off on the wrong foot, right? Because we're trying to make ourselves big to do something. And often, once we get to that point, all we've done is feed our ego the whole time. So we're really not going to be looking for to have any kind of effect for the kingdom anyway, right? And and if there's no accountability, it's just a, a free fall. Yeah, you're right. And, and, it, and then getting the idea, like, you know, so many bands, young, young guys, and, and by the way, I've been guilty of this, so... I'm in the boat, but I try not to anymore. But it's so much about who I've played with. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what I've got. These are the artists that I got to play with. And, and, and that happens in any business, but it's, it's it becomes a name-dropping thing. Or we, we, we worked with this ministry, and so in some way that validates me. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? The beauty of it is that God has grace for all of it. Like, uh, he's just pushing us in a, in a personal way. And then as brothers to prod each other to go, Hey, that's not what we're supposed to do. And we're going right. to have, we're going to have the instinct to do that. Just like the disciples, like, like who he loves me the most, who's going <laughs> to be the best. Right. And, yeah. and that it was in those guys and they're walking with the Lord. Um, and I would, I, I think it's in Peter. And I was actually trying to scroll to find it where it says like, all people are like grass and flowers and they fade and wither. But, mm-hmm. but the Lord endures forever. And that, that's our lives here on this side. Um, but the accountability does have a lot to do with it, where when you have a, an institution grow that is representing the gospel, and you have people that have that kind of power over that kind of funding, um, I, I think it is really important to have a, a relatively large group of people that represent that entire body, even if it's like 10, 20,000 people. Um, and they, they represent, and, and they have, by the way, I also think the books should be open hmm. to members of whatever church so that they're aware of like, Hey, this is where everything went and this is what we did. And this is what our goals are. And what are your thoughts on it? And, and knowing that a, that a, a true building where the body of believers show up is, is twofold. It's, um, you know, for the sick, so it's like a hospital um, for the believers and non-believers to get exposed, and that, that's what we are. And so you have some people that are more healthy spiritually, and you have some people that aren't. And so I think having some kind of, you know, litmus test of some sort that, that says, hey, this is someone that's walked their faith out, they've shown, like, like dignity in their decision-making, I think this would be a good person to have represent um you know, the body and what we do as a group of leaders. But, uh, but again, 
it is it is a messy messy thing and 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 then having yeah. been behind the, i've been behind the curtain in a few of those and it was always kind of funny to me because i'm like man it, what am i doing here like i'm like <laughs> this, like a street guy like what what uh and then you you kind of watch it all go down um but in some instances just for the record it was really pure hmm. and and good and then in other instances it clearly wasn't and and it wasn't my place to flip the table and like I just knew I'm like, hey, I'm gonna head out and I just left quietly. Yeah. But but um you know that's that's just our, our walk through this thing that's been building for so long. Mm-hmm. It's that's a good illustration because how many times had Jesus walked through the temple before that day when it was time to turn the tables over? That wasn't yeah. the first time that he'd seen those folks there defrauding yeah. the poor and, and everything. And so um, or I, I had this pointed out to me once. He he knows that his friend Lazarus is sick. He knows he's sick enough that he may die, but he, he doesn't drop he doesn't drop what he's doing and run over there. Right. You know, he waits four days, and then he hears that he did die, and he is still sad. I, you know, it's <laughs> when, when I was younger, we used to joke about you know, as you do, um, like what verse do you want to memorize? Oh, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's easy. Yeah, because it's easy. But <laughs> as I get older and reflect, you know, it's it's two words, one sentence, two words. But I think it's one of the most profound expositions on Jesus' character. That despite the relationship he had with the Father, despite his, uh, despite his godhood, all those things, that he was having a human moment where his friend was he wasn't going to see him anymore, and he was sad. Yeah. But he also trusted God enough that the very next moment he's like, "All right, let's go, let's go take yeah. care of this." Yeah. But 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 it's like you know our logic would be, "We'll rush to the bedside. You're the only one who can do anything." And and he was in tune enough with the Spirit to know, like, "Nope, that's not what we're doing." And in the same way, it's like, "Nope, it's not time to turn that table over yet." Uh, yeah, and it's about yeah that obedience. He was the ultimate example of obedience in that moment. You know, another thought is like when when he was talking to the disciples. And um, he he was describing the mission, and and it's like, hey, you're going to preach the good news to the poor. And he went through that, and then at the end, he's like, the world is going to hate you because they hated me first, and they're going to persecute you, and most of you guys are going to die a really horrible death. Like that. Sign was, me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that. That was what he said. But, the, but then, yeah. but then he was like, then he breathed on them as like, but my, but I'm going to be with you. Yeah. And I, I think I think that part of it um, is a really tough juggling act. On well, in I think we will have believers that in, enjoy the art we create and non-believers. But you're going to have a group that hates it simply because of the spirit that's in it, not because of us. Want to be clear that something came through us. And and um, just to be okay with that, like and and some of those people are not going to be like the the godless heathens. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> they're they're going to be. It's going to be friendly fire. It's going to yeah. be folks from your own camp who should be responding, even if they don't agree with grace and truth. And but they're going to hate you just as much because it exposes their hypocrisy, or because it, or even just because they don't agree with it. Well, you get into the the. The reason I lean into that is, you know, the, the, the Lord said his spirit is he's going to call all men to himself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but but in the time that we're in, 
you know, the true message of the gospel to a non-believer is offensive. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes even to me, like as a believer, I'm like, this is tough. This is, there's no other way to unwrap this. This is difficult. Um, and, and so if you have a institution that has to get rear ends in the seat and it's all about all of just the positive wonder, feel good things that are going to happen as a believer and you can be prosperous and know who you are. And, and that's truth, but that's not the whole truth. Mm-hmm. And if we, and if that just happens and, and you're giving people seven steps to being more successful as a believer, every sermon and they feel better, like, you know, it's no one, like people are going to rush to that. Or if you dangle a carrot in front of them and like, this is a special place where this happens and this is the only place it happens. Yeah. Well, of course you're going to have people that are like, cause they're starving and then they go and they, they keep going and then it doesn't happen. And again, it's not my indictment on any particular group, but I think we have to be prepared to be rejected and, and have maybe, industry or or um, institution struggles um, be, if we're if we're truly proclaiming the gospel in, in its entirety and I don't say that in a pious way I don't get it right and I'm trying but but you guys know what I mean if, yeah. if you're if you're gonna you're gonna have like you're gonna lose business yeah and you have to be okay with that and then the Lord follows up with what he wants to do with it and always sustains his people. I mean, um, but that doesn't mean that we're sitting in the lap of luxury. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah kingdom prosperity is very different than, than worldly prosperity. Absolutely. I mean, in most of that, he's pointing to the spirit anyway. It's like, what is an abundant life? Well, that's not all the American goods I can have. <laughs> right. you know, that's like, he may let us have those and that's great. But for the abundant life is that, man, my spirit was reborn and I can be connected to my family and my neighbors and my friends and I can create in the freedom of his will. Like, man, that's the stuff, you know? <laughs> that yeah. is the stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, when we focus so much on trying to get people in seats and that sort of thing and only focus on the other, you have to completely ignore the fact that we're told we're going to go through struggles and hardship in order for that to, to be the case. And and yeah. I just, I, you know, you kind of have to think we would all be better if we would just keep that at the front of our mind. Like, hey, yeah. today's going to be hard. It's going to suck, yeah. but let's go yeah. anyway. Yeah, that, and, but he'll be with me. Yeah. And it might might be a beautiful sunny day. We might get stuck in the rain on the side of the road after a wreck. Those days happen, and you just go, well, okay, man. Um, he's with us, and, and that's yeah. as good as it gets, you know? Yeah. Makes, I think it makes the, the, the times that are a little easy when there's not tribulations happening in your personal life. I, uh, I had an old chaplain friend of mine that would put it like this. He, he, he was a funny guy. He, he said, hey, Truby, it's, uh, it's easy to pray when there's no food on the plate. Hmm. And that was his way of telling me, hey, you got to remember to commune with God when things are really good. Like, don't just go to him because you're struggling. Like, yeah. he wants to be with you on the times when, hey, there's peace and everything's calm and it's good and the kids are happy and no one's sick and everything's clicking. And don't forget him. Because, you know, most of the time we're like, oh, help, like, please, I'm in this bad place. I'm like, I don't want to feel this. Uh, but I like that the way that he put that. For me, it takes the form of gratitude when I remember it. Um, yeah. It is to just to vocalize to God, hey, I see what you're doing here. And it is, it is great. Thank you. I realize it, it's not always going to be this way. 
you don't have to you don't have to give of yourself this way um because god god doesn't have to do anything but he uh, has he has chosen to relate to us in this way and to fill our lives with with abundance of various kinds and you know he didn't have to make barbecue good yeah <laughs> or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah he did uh <laughs> and, and that that may seem that may seem silly but just the at this stage in my life, uh, you know, mid mid thirties, it, it's like, well, you you may not have the kind of moments in as a part of your rhythm now that you thought you might when you were eighteen or nineteen or twenty or whatever. But what is still there is that 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 low hum of the goodness of God, always in operation. There's a Gable Price song that we've quoted on here before. It's a line from it: "Visible in all things, if I only fix my eyes." Yeah, and that he, God is always at work, and it's up to us to, to 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 notice and respond to it. And the more we practice that, when we don't have to, the I think I think that gets it at the heart of what you're saying. Yeah, I think the realization. Now I'm I'm a bit older than you guys, <laughs> but the, but I, I really believe the realization that we are eternal, and that this is. Like we're not built, we're not training for this reality to last forever. Like our jobs, our careers, our bank accounts, our relationships. You know, in your in your early years, it's like you feel like I'm going to be here forever. You're building for now, and I think the older you get, you realize, well, wait a minute, I'm starting to see people die, and I'm seeing people get sick, and I'm seeing like I'm seeing the end, and you become aware of your mortality. And then that pushes to like, all right, so I have to come to grips with that. It'd be far better for, like you said, that low hum to be in harmony with that than to try to get the things that I want now because I know it's not going to last. And I think the older I get, the more I realize the the, the temporal nature of things, um, whether it's a song or like, you know, that an album ends up as just a little plaque on the wall. Hmm. That, that's it and it may mean it may, I know it means more than that but in, in our world it's like I'm on to the next like songs come they come and they put yeah. them out and, you go, and then you realize man I, I need to be in step with it because when when uh, when we cross over into eternity gosh it's like like sitting on a the, the pot of gold that you built while you're here it's not going with us there's no U-Haul behind a hearse <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, so I think, uh, I think we could agree on, um, the, you know, walking through the, the larger collective groups of Christianity that do particular things that we agree or don't agree with is that it really comes down to, to us being connected on a personal level and, and being obedient to where he wants us to be. And when he wants mm-hmm. us to be there, and when he wants us to leave, and that's hard. There's a lot of racket. The noises of the world is loud. The noise of my mind is loud. But the but he is speaking consistently and constantly. I think that's a uh, that that's that's a good segue to kind of the other question that we wanted to talk to you about, which is that um, like that's an appro- what you just described is the appropriate response of a follower of Christ, basically in any situation in that, like, I've got to keep in step with the Spirit. I've got to listen carefully for the the still small voice of God in all amongst 
this clamor in my own head and outside of it. And that, that, that is what keeps you on, on the, the straight and narrow as it were. But, um, one of the things that we talked with Josh Porter about uh, on a previous episode about his, his book, which is called death to deconstruction. And he, he, um, he, in the book tells a little bit of his journey in the Christian music industry. And now as a pastor and a theologian and as an, as an author, and that so many of his peers, um, encountered a lot of the institutions that we were just talking about for the last few minutes and encountered the seedy underbelly of the Christian industry, encountered the brokenness of a church made up of people who make bad decisions and are sinful, and that for any number of reasons, they say, okay, I'm, I'm out. And, mm-hmm. and he chronicles kind of his, his journey through that, and there are they're kind of five big things that he he sort of works through about. These are the things that tend to trip people up, and it's stuff like biblical illiteracy, the problem of evil. Um, uh, <laughs> I read the book. You'd think I remember it better than this. Anyway, <laughs> and three other things, right? <laughs> and three other things, yeah. yes. Uh, but but he goes through each one, and, and he gives examples of in his own life how he responded to them, and then also how the scriptures are calling us to respond to those things. But... The, the fact remains that in our current cultural moment, there, are, there seem to be an awful lot of people who are saying, you know what, I'm just, I'm done with Christianity. Even if they're not done with Christ necessarily, they don't want anything to do with evangelical Christianity or the church with a, with a capital C or um, anything with the stamp of Christian on it. And so many folks have so many different reasons and so many different kind of shades and layers of reactions to to those kinds of things. And one of the things that Josh mentioned and also that I've heard from other people is that the folks who came up in that era of the, quote, Christian music industry or the boom of it, um, so many of them are not believers anymore. And like almost (laughs) – he said, not exaggerating, like almost everybody that I knew from those days is now either not a believer or has deconstructed their faith and are either except atheist. Except Switchfoot, he said. Yeah, except Switchfoot, yes. <laughs> yeah, hey, so those are good guys, man. I, I, yeah. those, are, those, are friend, those are friends of mine. They're great. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So so I, I guess part of what we wanted to ask you is that from, from the moment you opened your mouth when we first started talking, it was obvious that you're not only still in, but it, the the in is everything to you. That's, that's clear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and just... I know that you had, I know that you've encountered some of those things that have, that other people have encountered and said, I'm not, I'm not going any further. So can, can you let us in a little bit about maybe what that looked like for you and why, why are you still in? Well, okay. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. So, <laughs> sorry. So, no, no, it's, this is good. So, so first things first, um, the truth is still the truth, even if it's been drugged through pious mud and it's been abused and manipulated by people. And so if there's animosity towards what they, what they think is God, um, it's probably somebody that has misused the gospel or hurt them, and it's that person that, that did that. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes they're projecting it onto Christianity when it's really about people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, there's t- tons of, of topics, but let, you know, somebody came up and said, well, well uh, you know, I, I lost my faith 
And, you know, my reaction to that was good, lose it. Because <laughs> I, I think that, that that faith was rooted in sand and destined to fall. And, <laughs> and, and if, if your faith is firm and in the, in, in the foundation's firm, it's not me that did it. And, and if it's affected by other people's abuses of it, like I'm, I'm rooted because he came after me. And even after the fact, even when there's like failures and there's sins and there's mistakes and you feel like you don't measure up, that's what Calvary was about, mm-hmm. period. And, and so, well, and, and in a lot of cases, the deconstruction is because I have a behavior that doesn't line up with it. And I think, well, mm-hmm. well maybe it will be okay. And, and, or if they throw it all out, it's like, well, I have this behavior I can't get rid of and I think it should be okay. And then all these people were frauds anyway, so forget it. Maybe my Christianity was fraudulent too. But I really believe if your spirit got reborn, regardless if you regress or you return to your old self, I mean, if you're running to the Lord with, I'm so sorry, then then it, it's real. Like, mm-hmm. if it gets to the point where I'm not sorry and it was all a lie, well, then what, what faith was it? It was probably your own construction of faith, and, and it was never a true encounter with the Holy Spirit. And, and again, I can't judge that for other people. But but I do know, that, and in my case, the, the pull, when it came to the, the intellectual or philosophical side of things, and you do see the fraudulence, and you see the leaders fall, and you, you, you see all the abuses. You guys know, we don't have to list them. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my faith wasn't in whether those people finished the race or not. I mean, uh, he asked me to run the race to win um, and and to be in unity with other people that are running the race to win and loving everybody else along the way, whether they line up with it, whatever, if they fully threw it out, if they're halfway there, whatever, my number one goal is, okay, I love you no matter where you're at. And, and I'm not here to talk you out of it. But for me, that original true encounter was, was real and, and even in my darkest failures, I still know that I believed it and I would never throw it out. And it brought like pretty immense condemnation for, for whatever I might, might have been messing up in. And then, he, and then he draws us back to himself and works it out. And, you know, the, the, the list of topics right now, guys, that, that I find interesting, like if it's like pluralism and, and so, well, Christianity's can't be the only way so everybody like all the uh, religions are good and so that that makes it feel more comfortable and i'm not offending people or it's you know political issues or it's abortion or it's homosexuality or you go down all the list of things that are creating this tension divide man that's so fatiguing by the way yeah because it's it gets down to okay um am, am i going to like by the way, sorry, I want to back up here. Wrestling out in our faith, which was a free gift from God, and that's why I made that statement. It's like when, when I said, I believe, I repent, and he made me his temple and rebirthed my spirit, and the cleaning process began hmm. for my life. And, and in the ups and downs of that, as, a, as, a, as I travel through, through life, um, or, or the doctrinal confusions or watching of whatever, like that event was real for me. And 
And every time I've walked in any way or decision against what I knew his will was, that drew me to apologize and ask for forgiveness, even though I know he covered everything, but it did, like, I want to be close to him. And, and even in my darkest, like I said, it's like, okay, I know that this is true. And if the whole thing burns to the ground, I'm going to believe because it's who I am. I do have uh, a, a lot of grace for, for the, particularly musicians, but the people that came up through that, through even through the 70s, through the Jesus movement, and mm. then mm. through a lot of the fanatical movement and the evangel, evangelical fanatical movement, no particular label, but where all these things are, are thrown out as, as things you're going to get, and then it doesn't happen. And then you have some young person who is like, well, I don't want to be the only one that doesn't have that, so I'll kind of pretend it. Mm-hmm. And then well, yeah. this is what my parents said is right. And then, and so they kind of have this double mind. And then, and then once that kind of plays out, they feel like, well, I'm sick of being a fraudulent person, so I, I don't have that anymore. And all I can say to those things is that like, that legitimate encounter that's not because mom and dad or because of the church or because of anything else, that's that personal moment where – you am the creator and he reveals himself to you and like do you believe this or not none of the other stuff and if that's not firm then then yeah it's going to shake us like crazy it would shake all of us everyone right. all three of us anyone else if that was not firm i would have let go a long time ago mm-hmm. because the struggle is so intense and and you don't and i don't want to be seen as fraudulent and and so then it takes you to the part where, okay, um, you know, Jesus said, if, if, you, if you love me, it, you know, so if, I, if I'm claiming Jesus is Lord, like, I think about how much that statement has been defaced. Hmm. But the true, Lord, the true Lordship, then that means, like, he's Lord of my life and decision-making. And whether, if that's not 100%, then that's still between me and him, and he's working it out with me and loving me through it. It's like kids, right? When, when like they, they misbehave and that stuff happens, it doesn't mean they don't love me and I'm not their dad. And so I think, um, you know, you get on the other end of that, and and you see, okay, there's people that said they were something, and then behind the scenes we saw that they weren't, and then you're like, that's what I thought, so forget it, I won't believe it. Or you see, you know, it all about money. And status, um, but there's diamonds in the rough. By the way, uh, I, I do know quite a few that would make that statement that, you know, oh, I don't believe that anymore. And man, my knee jerk reaction, and I try to do it in love, is well, I don't think you believed it to begin with. Because hmm. mm-hmm. if you did believe it to begin with, no matter what your personal opinion or what your struggle is or what your sin is, is you still you still would believe that because you let the truth into your life. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is really difficult. And, and I'm glad that, uh, that people are writing books and, and, and doing podcasts about it because um, I think how we approach, now this is more, would be for like for you guys, um, how we approach people that are in those positions and, and, and then how would the Lord approach them? You think about how much the Jewish people were, so let down 
generation after generation after generation, they're supposed to be a Messiah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he was so sensitive to that. You think of like the woman at the well, and he go, goes to that well for her. It wasn't to get to water, even though he got the water. And and here's this wounded, religiously wounded group of people, and he loved them. He his his fury was to the the piety and and the hypocrisy that was there, um, which is still his job, not my job. But he loved these wounded, religiously wounded people, and lifted them up, and and he knew how that had failed them, and that they could not live up to the law. He knew that. And I think that's how we should approach when someone's been really wounded and then they've rationalized their decision and then they're proving it with all the failures. And this guy was a hypocrite and this guy said this and it was all a lie. And this was some hokey pokey faith healer that took everybody's money. Man, you just sit back from that and go like, okay, you're right. But do you know Jesus? Hmm. You didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah, but all this stuff and all the Catholic church, okay, do you know Jesus? He didn't do that. Do you believe that that is it? Well, and most of the time it gets into, well, and then you have this book that was written 2,000 years ago by men, right. and and you get into, like, the validity of Scripture. Then Even then, I'll still go, like, okay, so stop. What do you do with the person of Jesus? Do you, do you believe he is who he said he was, or you don't? And if they say, I don't, then I say, well, that's okay. I love you. We can still be friends. That's between you and the Maker. And if he hasn't revealed that to you, and you don't believe, great. If he did reveal it to you, you rejected. That's your choice. And how dare I try to change that? Hmm. But for me, he revealed it to me at a very, well, young age. And, and I ran full throttle away from it for a season of my life. But he was after. I know he marked me. And I know even if I died in that situation, I know I would have been with the Lord, but I would have missed out on so much. And then... That, I don't know how to put this, like the rekindling of that mm-hmm. at a particular stage, like a second encounter, but it wasn't a second rebirth. It was a second mm-hmm. encounter. And it took it to, was like, I absolutely believe, even when I get to the intellectual parts that I don't get, that's where the faith takes over. And I know that was a free gift. And um, that's just what has sustained me through all the ups and downs of, of this entire journey. Um, and, and I think it's made me a lot more cautious on like, or or maybe how we unlearn like some of the, the wiring that's put in of Christianity through the seventies, eighties and nineties, um, that, uh, I don't have to prove the gospel. I don't have to prove my faith. Um, I don't have to convert everyone I meet and it's none of that's my job, but I have to love them. Mm-hmm. And that love really has to be generated by the, by the Lord because people can see the fakeness. Like if it's like, I'll love you, then I got you in and now what are you going to do? Like, yeah. no, just love them. <laughs> just love people where they're at and, and give when you're compelled to give and, and stay there. And he meets us in it. And then all the other stuff tends to disappear it's interesting. We we we've talked before about how there's a there's a real strong thread of there's a difference in uh, questioning God and asking questions of God. I think, and certainly there were plenty of people in the scriptures who well who did both honestly, but that um, 
there something that in my experience that the the church in America perhaps is not great at is leaving space for the questions and the sense making to happen the come let us reason together thing sure. and that it is not rebellion to want to understand what we're doing and why necessarily yeah. so, so like that that's that's questioning somebody rather than asking questions of them but like for me i, I think back to uh, late teens early 20s i was uh encountering the bible you know for the first time on on its for, for myself you know you're surrounded by your church structure or wh- whatever kind of christian tradition you grew up in and that dictates for a time what your faith more or less looks like and then at some point when you start becoming, I, I guess, awake to yourself as a separate person, and you start asking, well, what do I really like, and who am I, and what am I supposed to do, and all, all these kinds of things. You ask the same questions of your faith, and I, I remember just just trying, just saying, like, well, I've read this in Scripture, but that's not what we do in church. Somebody help me figure that out. And those are often very unwelcome questions, because that potentially disrupts the status quo that uh, allows people to be comfortable with not having to follow, like with with having yeah. the the kind of stamp of oh I'm in the camp, but we're just kind of hanging out here, mm-hmm. kind of thing, and, and it, it's something I try and remember, even if somebody is really angry. To to your point, Jason, even if they're angry at God or angry at church or angry at other Christians, is that somewhere down in there is like I just want to understand, yeah, and and the the moments I can remember that and respond in grace and give them the room to, to you know, to, to wail and keen as it were. Um, like that's, that's often the response I think that God wants from us in those moments. Cause that's how he responds to us. Yeah. When you come exactly, man, you know, when you come across someone whose child died of cancer and they say, how can you say God's just? Yeah. Well, now, now you're in the now you're in the real thick of it, and all the Christian platitudes disappear really quick. Very. And, and we have to love them, and 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 you, you're right. And, and the thing that resonates with me in what you were saying is like the fruits of the spirit. So, if the spirit's not there, then the fruit's not there. Yeah. Right. Like a tree, the apple tree got planted; it's going to grow apples. And some people try to manifest that in their own behaviors. Our behavior is like, I don't think that God's necessarily interested in behavior modification. Mm-hmm. I think he's interested in relationship with that it has a result of that. And, um, and so as we, again, we journey through decades of, of being a believer in, in, in you know, watching different things happen, you'll, you'll come across people that profess all that and you see the fruit of their life in their own home, for example, like how they, you know, a great judge for any pastor is watch how he treats his family in private, hmm. how he yeah. talks to his wife or his children. And and then you'll find out really quick, like, is, is this guy double-minded or not? But not to go attack him, but it's like, I don't want to be that. The way I've heard it put is you, you can measure a person by how they treat somebody who can't do anything for them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And And, you know, this is a really cool quote. I don't remember who said it, but the the only thing we bring to our salvation is the sin that it covers. Oh, jeez, man, that's that's that'll that's, have a, that's go all. have a go have a cup of tea on that. <laughs> that, but that's all we got. Hmm. And so yeah. when we think we're anything more than that, it leads to trouble. We're valued because He loves us, 
and he's drawing us to himself. And, and I do think there is, you know, the capacity for good and evil in each person. But uh, that's all we have. We can't offer anything else. And then he, so if, if, he, if we get that, then, then we live out of that and we're living out of gratitude instead of obligation, like you said, then all of a sudden it's free flowing through it. And I'm not trying to validate myself, prove myself. It's like, man, this is simply because I truly met the Lord and I don't understand him completely. And I don't know him completely and I want to. But I feel compelled to love you in this situation. And yeah. um, and then all of the other great divides, you know, you kind of let like, hey, listen, you, God gave you your freedom, your free brain, your spirit. If, if you want to agree with that, that's completely your choice and I can still love you. I don't agree with it um, in some cases, but it doesn't mean that I am, you know, going to pitch a fit about it or say that I can't be in connection in a ministry with that particular person. If we're going to feed the hungry together and this guy has a particular belief that I really totally don't understand and I, I can prove it with scripture and all that stuff, that doesn't matter. Let's go love the people. I'll let the Lord deal with that. Mm. And then if we talk in private and he wants to know why I believe that, well, <laughs> you know, I believe God formed us in the womb and I don't think we should be exterminating that. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, Period. And if you don't agree with yeah. that, I still love you. But um, you get my point. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, but then like, to kind of get back to what you guys are talking about, you go go through this crazy rock and roll stuff, all right? So we're playing in these metal bands, or we're playing these clubs, and there's Christianity being screamed at full throttle. The wind separates the wheat from the chaff. And so when it's all thrown up there in the mix for a minute, it all looks the same. We just got to rely on the wind, man. And, and, then, and then when it all comes down, then the chaff's revealed. You know what? He still wants to redeem that and still can. It is never too late. Yeah. Ever. To, to say, I missed it. I was wrong. And, and, um, and rekindle what might have been true or begin something that wasn't. Like, I, I, think, I think nobody's beyond that. Um, I mean, unless they're reprobate, but that's God's. I don't know where that line is. That's not mine mm-hmm. to say. But I, I just think that's its job. And then you remember when, when, when Jesus was talking about pulling the weeds up, it's like, don't, don't pull the weeds up till they mature because you'll hurt the good ones. Mm-hmm. That might have been what was happening during that whole music scene. Hmm. I know that's a wild thought. But he can do that. Yeah, it's like, like I don't want to, because he's not looking to humiliate any of us. He took our humiliation. He was like, but I, but I do think there's like such wisdom in those quick little parables that Jesus particularly is using nature to do it. It's like, okay, don't pull those yet because when they mature, they'll show themselves as a weed. It's interesting. Um, we, this is not a political podcast and we don't want to get very far into that, but, uh, we, we have talked about the possibility that some of what we've seen in the last, however many years, like what, what if that is God turning, <laughs> you know, what if that's part of a turning over that is supposed to be that, you know, separation there and that this is what is necessary for us to see the extent of our idol worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that that came up a couple of weeks ago, um, with a, in a conversation with a, a very good friend of mine and that our reaction shouldn't be so much shock and then, and the attempt to stop this tidal wave, um, but you know when um, when John was in prison, and um, 
two disciples went to visit him and, and he's like, why? And he, by the way, he was in prison for speaking out against Rome. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and this is the guy that saw heaven open up and like says, this is my son. But he heard all that. And then this, and then you go read it. Cause it's a trip. Then he goes, uh, is Jesus really the Messiah? Is his disciples are visiting. He's like, basically like, how's he not getting me out of prison and start, why is he not helping him in a rally to stop Rome? Mm-hmm. And so the disciples go back and tell Jesus, like, hey, John sends this message, and this is what Jesus said. Go tell him what I'm doing. And he hmm. was healing the sick and feeding the poor. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and when I read that, um, again, not saying this is a doctrine, but I just keep my mind really open, like, well, what do you want to show me? It's the same thing kind of that's happening now, like, oh, we have to save, like, our rise against this whatever – this is for an individual. <laughs> yep. Right? And 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 why won't the Lord help us stop and rally this what we see as an obvious evil? And it might be because yeah. he wants his people to be doing what he was doing. Hmm. Just like you said. Yeah. Instead of, hey, why 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 would you not let us we gotta stop this? Rome's bad. I gotta stop it. And there it is, right in scripture, right? And I've read that several times, but that just kind of hit me out of nowhere, like, oh wait, wait a minute. That was John's political stance, hmm. and he had a right. He was imprisoned for speaking out against it, and I just love the Lord's response. Like, go tell him what I'm doing. Hmm. This is the same guy that like had this great encounter. I think it's the same principle that maybe ties into what we just talked about. So you have people that are like, hey, I, I got really zealous, and I got involved, and I gave my time and efforts for this, and and then you didn't let us go and be in this successful industry and it, it all fell apart. And and now how come you're not getting me out of my prison? And then he's coming like, well, you're supposed to be doing what I'm doing. Hmm. And that, again, I keep coming back and I'm sorry, guys, it really is about a personal obedience. Mm-hmm. And, and even though he broad stroked it through the whole thing of each individual's life through scripture, it really is personal for us. And, um, and, We'll take an account for it. And when I, I know, like I said, I'm just, man, just mark me, please mark me. And I know you got me. <laughs> and then this is, I know I failed in so many years, but there's a little bit I got and he'll pick up the slack for the rest of it. I know he will. Um, but it makes me want to not earn a better seat. It just makes me want to be grateful because I can't earn a better seat. He gave us the best seat in the house. So even though I failed it, knowing that, and he still lets me have it. And that makes me not think, oh, I can take advantage of that and get away with it. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, thank God. I don't have to live out of his will. I don't have to. And help me not to want to. And so, yeah, <laughs> you guys you guys pick tough topics today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're addressing them well. And it's well, I enjoy listening to you. Um, I don't know. And there, there's so much of it that's just a learning process. I think, you know, for me, the past few years, just a, something that's weighed on me has been the American dream and how that's creeped into the church and how we've made that what we should be pursuing, but that's completely contradictory to the gospel. Um, and so I, I, I've laughed with Taylor a little bit, you know, I, I feel like there's things that are easy for me to say, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, at, depending on where you are in life. And you know, sometimes God says, you know what, put up or shut up. And I've felt a little bit of that lately, but all of that's used to, to shape you, you know, 
and, and to put you on on course for seeking things of God, even though you don't do it perfectly, even though, you know, we mess up. Um, I, I get little by little more of that each day, I feel like, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah. And you know what, guys? I mean, you're doing it right now. It, it's like, you know, you guys got compelled to do this. And, you know, whatever, in my opinion, success has got nothing to do with the numbers on the backside. You know, it's it's in the moment. Right. And, yeah. and, I, and I get a lot out of it. Even if no one ever heard this, uh, it's been great for me, man. And, and, I'll, yeah. and I'll spring it forward just on the topic of, of it, but always thinking about, okay, I'm not trying to profess Christianity so I can keep my Christian way of life safe right now because that tends to be the big but you really pull the curtain back i like we like our way of life and we want everybody to have the same way of life so our way of life and that is not what he set up man i mean part of that's i mean we've made christian life comfortable that's what i mean yeah it's like we've got like okay all all the like we we can pray we can have our bible Mm -hmm. and like by the way i support all of that but the, the second something puts that on the line and it's like, well, well, wait a minute, wait, we, we need to, you know, and, and I think it, for, it cha- changes my motivation anyway, to not, hey, I've got to hold on to our comfortable way of life. And even mm-hmm. though it hasn't been that comfortable, but but compared to most, it is. Right. Uh, but that, and you know what's a trip? When we go ahead, and, and it's God's really wild mercy that's beyond my understanding, <laughs> when we go ahead and 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 release all that he has a tendency to go ahead and leave things anyway and he doesn't have to mm, yeah it's like, I, i'm gonna go ahead and and i'm gonna go ahead and bless that but not in the blessed that the american blessed term right yeah. this, i'm gonna spiritually bless you guys and you still get to have a nice home mm-hmm. but, but you were willing to let it go you know, there's something in that. And then and then it's not like, well, maybe if I say I let it go, then he'll let me have it. Like, because he knows <laughs> he, he separates bone from marrow, man. Like the system. Yeah. 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 So, so and, and I'm, you know, and I'm sure he would laugh at us because we're his kids. He knows that's how we think. And so mm-hmm. he, he'll point that out slowly. Now, don't, that's not what I want from you, Jason. I'll, I want you <laughs> lay down and, and I'll take care of the rest. And it's so hard to get there. Like the true fight of getting to where we're living out our faith as opposed to, yeah, I'm a believer and I have it and I know that I'm marked, but then living it out, it's a tall order, man. Oh, we can't do it without his help. Yeah, that's right. Or, or I can't do it without his help. <laughs> no, we, we can't either. I'm, I'll I'm with you. I'm right there with you. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap on part two with Jason Truby, and we so appreciated him taking the time to continue to talk with us and for coming back for round two. We hope it was encouraging and insightful to you as well. As always, if you have any feedback or questions, you can shoot us an email at unbetweenpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram at unbetweenpodcast and on Twitter at unbetweenpod. We would love your feedback, comments, questions, whatever you have, and thank you so much for listening.